Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm Lori Barkman. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself the business transition Sherpa. This podcast guides entrepreneurs from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. What do I do when I'm not hosting a podcast? I work with owners to maximize business value with my firm, small.big. And as a certified mergers and acquisitions advisor with Stony Hill, I guide you through the complex process of selling your company. Tune into Succession Stories for weekly insights to reward your hard work and avoid succession regrets. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for our newsletter at successionstories.com. Here's to your success. Is this the year to sell your company? Don't leave your exit to chance. Stony Hill Advisors works with entrepreneurs like you to get ready for what may be the biggest transaction of your life. Learn what your business is worth by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. Mark Fujiwara is a director at Baird, bringing solutions to eight-figure and nine-figure families and businesses. Working with many clients over the past 30 years who have been through succession and business exits has given Mark the benefit of hindsight. Selling the business can mean more than just the dollar amount of the transaction. Health and happiness after the sale is often ignored because business owners typically want to cash out with the most money. But if it is ignored, then you're not getting to the finish line, your ultimate finish line. Enjoy my conversation about finding presence and not ignoring the ultimate finish line with Mark Fujiwara. Mark Fujiwara, welcome to Succession Stories. I'm so glad you're with me today. Thank you, Lori. Honored and very excited. This is a topic we have not yet addressed on the show, which is a multifamily office. Let's start with you. Some introductions, of course. You're a director at Baird, and you focus on multifamily offices. But let's talk a little bit about your background, how you got to that point, and then what the heck is a multifamily office? Sure, Lori. So I've been in the wealth management business for about 30 years. Went to school to manage money, really, be a portfolio manager. Through just some different experiences, I I started to learn that there's more value to a client's finances than just the investment part. So pretty much early on, I started to develop a family office type of business, recruiting and finding other professionals in different types of specialties like tax, estate planning. And it's really just morphed from that as well. So, you know, fast forward 30 years, just wrote a book on multifamily office. That's really been the focal point. And it's really come about in terms of the experiences that I had with quite a bit of clients and specifically, you know, to your world, a lot of business exits. As you go through one and then the next one and the next one, you start to find ways to improve my role with those clients. And your role with those clients is really a key advisor. And we'll, we'll talk about that and sort of this hub and spoke model where they're coming to you to help you give clarity, right? To help them solve what problems they're facing. You yourself aren't going to solve those problems, but you want to point them in a direction. So let's go back a sec on multifamily office. What does that mean? We've talked on this show. I've talked with 
single family offices where a family has had an exit and they want to do investing or they want to manage a portfolio of properties, whatever asset classes they may have, and they're managing it themselves. How does that different than what you're doing? Yes, there's, a, there's some similarities and some differences. The big difference is that the single family offices, you know, typically have, say, they're billionaire, they're billionaire families typically, and they can afford to go out and create their own business, if you will, around their family. So for example, if you have a tax team, a CPA team, the CPA firm or the CPA will work just with your family. The estate planning team will just work with your family. They have, you know, multiple exclusive engagements with different professionals. And, you know, typically they have family members working in that family office. So the the difference though with a multi is that you're working with individuals and professionals that work with multiple families. The, The beauty of that is that it affords you to be very selective with each individual client. So you can be very specific in, in which professional fits which client and which situation. What types of clients are you working with in terms of, let's say, wealth ranges? If you say billionaire, most of my audience is going to go, oh, that's not me. Now, maybe we have some billionaires out there listening, and that, that's exciting if we do. But I think mostly our audience are people who are aspiring to one day have an exit and create wealth for themselves and and their future generations. And maybe that has a B in front of it, or maybe it has an M. Regardless, I'm curious about the, the types of clients you serve and what problems really are they coming to you? What benefits you're providing to them to provide that clarity and help them? That's a great question. So probably a lot of them come from, they don't have that net worth just yet, right? They're the types of of business owners who are maybe looking to exit in the near future. When they do exit, you know, that's when they have the, the net worth. And it's hard to put a dollar around that, but, you know, typically they say, the ultra high net worth is 25 million and above, but it, 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 could, it, could, it can kind of range too, because of the fact that sometimes it might be lower and you have the similar needs of that. So let's just take the exit, for example. So they come to me and they say, okay, I want to exit in a couple of years. I always love those calls because it's not, you know, I've gotten them before where the introduction comes to me and says, oh, I hear you can really mitigate the taxes when I sell. You can just kill the taxes when I sell the company. I said, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of things we can do. We figure out what you want. So, so when, when do you plan to sell your company? Oh, oh, we're going to, we're going to be closing in about a month and a half. Okay. That's too late. So backing up a little. So, you know, what we typically will do is just figure out the right professionals to take them to what levels they want. So really as simple as I can put it, they want results, whatever those results are, you'll find the, the, the top team, top professionals to do that. I've been doing this for 30 years. So, you know, you, you constantly upgrade one. I constantly upgrade the professionals, but I constantly find like you, Lori, you know, we, we, we met and I said, Oh, you're going to fill a gap because no exit, no plan for a client is always perfect. There's always things that you can find. You can say, Oh, there's improvements here. We can add that person here. So yes, typically the clients that I serve are not just necessarily the ones that are exiting or have a liquidity event or have that liquidity event, 
they're families that want results and they don't want to go looking around and doing all the research. The typical client says this, I want these results and you put me in front of the right people. You've been doing this for 30 years. I'm not going to look around. So if you tell me I need to talk to this person to mitigate taxes, I'm not going to go around and ask, you know, five different people and interview five different people. So you're saving them time and you're giving them the high quality referral, which they value. That makes a ton of sense. Let's talk about the exits and the benefit of hindsight. So many of these clients I'm, I'm presuming have already had an exit. Maybe that's when they start working with you as they've now acquired these assets and they're looking to deploy in a new way. You can have the benefit of 2020 with them. I'm curious about the issues because you just said no exit goes perfectly. And, and we know that there's always bumps in the road. For your clients that have sold their business, what are your top observations on the common challenges? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So I think, first of all, they don't realize the magnitude that they're going to have to go through when they sell the business, right? And it's a complete shift because a lot of these business owners, not, not all of them, but there's a good amount of them like to have control over everything. So, I mean, I'll give you one, one example. Then, and there's multiple ones that I've come across, actually where the business owner will literally get so stressed that their health problems when they exit, they have health problems that are from the stress of trying to sell their business. So the common thing here is that they don't realize that there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of stress. There's also a lot of work if they try to do it themselves, or maybe they have their existing professionals try to work. Now that sometimes works, but a lot of times it doesn't because those professionals are good at helping the business owner pre-sale, not during the exit. So I had a really good conversation with a CPA, a client that sold his um, turf company, did very well selling it. And I called his CPA who had been a C his parent CPA. I, I knew this woman for probably about 20 something years. And I asked her, I said, be selling his company, to what degree do you want to be involved in that? And she, she was very honest with me. She says, nothing at all. <laughs> She's yeah. like, been through a couple exits, but this is way over my head. So sometimes you don't get that though. Sometimes those professionals want to carry over into the exit. And then the professional is left, or excuse me, the business owner is left to do a lot of the work and to be in all these meetings. And so it's like, I think the short answer to this is that they are trying to do two jobs. They're trying to run their business and they're trying to sell their company. Yeah. And it's very stressful. The emotional toll is, is no joke. It's very stressful. The health issues, you're the first one to bring that up. Mm -hmm. And these are people that they got across the goal line, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just pause on that for a second. I mean, yeah, it really is wearing on you. And if you've done this on your own, it can be even more stressful and emotional because you don't really know if you're making the right decisions. That's why on this show specifically, I've brought so many different types of advisors to the program because I really like to stress that point that you need trusted advisors around you for this very reason. It, these are hard decisions to make and it's very lonely to make them in your own head. No, that's correct. Um, I, I want to talk about the health for a second though, because that's a question sometimes I get. And, and that's one of the roles that I help clients with is the medical part, which has become such a big part of my multifamily office business. I kind of learned the hard way. We talk about stress. 
And this is somewhat early on where a client of mine sold his business, type A, liked to have his hand in everything. And six months after he sold his business, he died of cancer. Now, I don't know. There's a couple of things going on here. One, he had a history. You take a genome test these days and you can, and that's what I did actually. Him and I have a very similar genome, which is that if you're going to die, you're not going to die of a heart attack. You're going to die of cancer and you're probably going to die of, of gastrointestinal, some sort of cancer that has to do with your digestive system. It was literally the next day I, I called a friend of mine, Dan Carlin, who runs uh, World Clinic, their top telemedicine medical practice in the world. And I said, I, I got to have you on board here because uh, in terms of preventative, because you do a lot of genome tests and, and just try to determine, try to beat it before it happens kind of thing. They're the ones where, <laughs> fortunately, my, my daughter got COVID yesterday. So I was on the phone with them and it was just, these are the types of people that you need. And these are the types of people that can prevent something like that happening. So I have therapists, actually, and I have people that I can turn to that will make this process as easy as possible, whether it's medical, whether it's relationship. It's such an important part. And again, you know, you figure these out when you go through these exits and you say, oh, this was a tough one, you know, because it was like, it's not something you can really fix. I had another client that, that got really sick for a couple of years because of the stress, because all of a sudden, like all my buddies are, are still working. <laughs> I thought this was going to be really fun and I could just, you know, play golf and travel all the time. Right. <laughs> and that, that became stressful because it's like all of a sudden the guy's feeling lonely. So yeah, these are very important things. Would you say that it's common enough that these folks have not really prepared personally and emotionally for this transition? And do you think that's why after the close, they sort of feel a little empty? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about finish lines a lot. And I always say, well, once I cross that finish line of, of exiting and not having to pay a lot of taxes, I'm done. You're not done. Actually, <laughs> There's such a big component to that, Lori, because, right, you've seen it all the time. You've seen the ones where they have this picture in their mind, but the finish line is beyond that. And I've talked to a lot of owners that have exited and it's like, wow, you're doing it such the right way. You figured it out. And I think it's because of the fact that they've had discussions with people like me or other people that have exited. So I'll give you some examples. And this is the classic one, actually, where I have a friend who sold his waste management business and then really figured out that he needed to keep busy. You know, what I call Ikigai, you know, he needed to still be in his Ikigai. This is a big principle of mine, which is when you're in flow, you're doing something you love, something you're great at, something that world makes the world a better place and something provides you with capital. And it's not necessarily financial capital, emotional capital, combination of a lot of different capitals. So Mike discovered that by helping other entrepreneurs now it's providing him with some financial capital, but that's not, that's not the real reason he does it. By helping other entrepreneurs in the waste management business and just saying, look, I've been through this. I know what it's like. I know there's some things that you should do and should not do and some things you should focus on and not focus on and just really hold their hands with this thing. It's exactly what you do, Lori. You know, exactly what you do just in terms of expectations, in terms of, of making sure that uh, everything goes as smooth as possible, which is why it's, it, it was such a 
shining light when I met you because it's like I can I can hold her hand and says, oh, on, on as a family multifamily office director, I, I've held many hands before, right? I, I've gone through a lot of different sales and many different industries and many different values and many different types of owners, but I've never sold a company on my own. So I don't know what it is to stand in those shoes. You know, you do. You you have you you have you know the the you've been on the field you know you've gone from point a to point b you've finished the game right and that is so valuable that is so valuable when it comes to these owners because they're going to listen to me to an, a degree but in in, in in someone that has done it successfully like you you can take them through it you know hold their hand like that so i think that's so valuable the conversation we're having is so critical. When I start working with a client, I spend at least two, if not three of our first sessions on the personal readiness questionnaires that I give them. They are hard. You get the questions and you think, oh, I'll answer these in five minutes. No, <laughs> it takes us two to three hours to really talk through it. And why is that? Well, we're trying to enable you to see yourself in a different way, see your relationships in a different way. And why is that? Because we want to create a forward framework. We want to help you see what you could be spending your time on and engaging on and feeling good about if you're not spending most of your time in the office or with your job or with the company that you own. That's a very, very different thing. And it's like a cold water bath. You can't just jump into it. Just we as humans adjust better over time. So the more we talk about it, the more you can start to put yourself there and allow yourself to move into that mental space so that physically once it happens, you're more ready for it. It's so, so important. The other thing around that is survey data that I've seen. And I don't think this is going to surprise you, Mark, based on what you just said. Owners who have been surveyed about a year after a transaction on a scale of one to 10, if we want to kind of talk generally that way, they are below a five for sure, right? So below average, I've seen, you know, as low as 25% of people would say they're satisfied or happy. It's really not good. Yeah. And you can then say, well, why is that? And I think a lot of it has to do with some of the reasons we're talking about, some of the other reasons have to do with how they've felt about their team and how things were left behind. And all of these aspects are, as you said earlier, in the pre-M&A planning, and which is another reason why in the advisory process, that's where we spend time. Oh, that's a good point. I want to add to that too, which is the fact that that's what I look for in someone, a professional I want to work with. You, you just nail it right on the head, which is the discovery, the deep dive discovery that, that you do because it's, it's 99% don't do that. You know, they ask the general questions, right? Yeah. Um, and um, I know that, that you go pretty much as deep as I do, if not deeper in terms of getting to know what the client truly wants. And that is, that is so valuable when it comes to these things. Yeah. And I have a couple of clients where we've gotten pretty personal in some of the challenges they're facing with uh, substances where they want to reduce or reduce their reliance on those substances. And yep. we talk about that. 
and having other healthy options, having things that excite them to spend their time, whether it's woodworking or walking or playing golf, whatever those might be, are no small thing. And it also then creates that health and wellness picture. So again, back to you're the only one who's talked about the health and wellness side in a, in a kind of a very specific way. I have had therapists come on the show and we have talked about it really in the context of succession planning and families and family dynamics, but it's probably just worth underscoring that it's okay to need some help and feel good about where you are and talking about the challenges you're facing, whether you are ready to exit, thinking about exit, post-exit, we advocate for those types of advisors to be in your life. And, and so that you are, yay, you've cashed out, great. But as you said, now what? And that can feel empty or lonely and it can cause other problems. So yeah, we really do care about our clients in that way. And I know you do too. So I'm really glad we're talking about that. Who is your most important customer? The person who buys your business. Stony Hill Advisors works with owners to maximize the value when you're ready to sell. Get started today with a business valuation by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. So I asked you about the 2020 and looking back, I know you do it because it's in your nature and it's how you're wired to, to do that. Is that something that you also actively do with clients as you help them in looking back and seeing what they might have done differently if they're looking to maybe sell another business or how can they learn from their experiences? Yeah, that's a great point right there. So um, I, I not only learn from my my own clients, but because I play in this, this world quite a bit um, and I have plenty of discussions um, with other professionals about these things, um, it's great to hear stories from, from other professionals and how we can make you know, how we can improve every single exit. Same thing, exactly. So it's funny with, with clients, you think, oh, it's one exit and they're done. No, it's really not. I have a uh, 60, 63-year-old uh, client, uh, sold a very large uh, food company. And, um, uh, you know, you assume that he's going to go play golf and travel the world, which is what he should. And uh, no, he's he's uh, he's on his second uh actually it's third company, <laughs> trying, trying to build that. Um, so, so it is valuable. And to, to really, um, you know, see where, uh, you know, some of the things that we've missed, um, you know, I always like to, 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 to just kind of accumulate all the different exits because where it can come, come into value is that sometimes they're focused on just that one thing, which is the dollar amount. Right. Um, you know, that's 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 what I call family first planning, which is you know, family first plan doesn't mean that you're, you're cashing out at, at the most and not paying that most taxes. So you're left with this big bundle. That's part of it. That is actually part of it. Absolutely. But the other part of that is is figuring out the, the next stage to that. So a couple of examples, I was teaching a class with the Global School of Entrepreneurship on M&A. Um, these are students who have exited, you know, one, two, three different companies. Uh, one of the one of the uh, students um, mentioned that uh, sold sold his company for a very large amount to the to the top bidder. Great, okay. So I wish I knew you because you could have 
got me more money with the taxes. But the main point of that was that I had to stay on board for 10 years. Wow. That's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you, you start to, 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 to learn that there's just, there's more than just the dollar amount. And it's, it's, it, it has to do with what happens after that. Now, some might say, I want to stay on for 10 years. This guy did not. Okay? And his family did not either as well. So, so again, it, it, it's so valuable to, to figure out, you know, all of the things that could happen after that perceived finish line, right? After that finish line, what does that truly mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the word ikigai earlier, and I, I don't want to take for granted that people might not be familiar with that word. I know I wasn't when I heard it. Is that a Japanese word? It sure is. It's okay. So um, uh, it, it's on my, there's two, two words right here uh, in the kanji, uh, Japanese. The first one is uh, ichigo ichi, and this was ikigai. So talking, you know, going back to ikigai. Um, ikigai is something that I grew up with that my, um, my dad always mentioned that that's, that's where you want to play and play, you know, when I was a kid, but also, you know, as an adult, this is, this is why I got into this business, which is you want to focus on, you want to take a career where it's providing you with, with ikigai and it can't. So a lot of people take careers, which is focused on one of the four, which is typically the money. Um, or, or something that uh, they love doing, or even something, something that's, that, 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 that they're great at. But this kind of takes us a step further and says, have all four corners taken care of. Something you love, something you're great at, something makes the world a better place, and something that provides you capital, financial, emotional. Because um, typically, if, if you're playing a Nike guy, you know, everything flows in the right direction. You're going to make some money off, right? You're going to provide your family with the right amount. The other word, though, is important, and, and um, it was ichigo ichi, which is the Japanese word for presence. So um, I noticed that about you. And this is why just right after our first meeting, I was like, I want to work with you. I want to have you help my clients. And this is actually the big thing when it comes to, um, you know, what professionals do I partner? Like, how, what's the criteria of the professionals I partner up with? And it actually comes down to those two words. Now, if you're in, if you're helping the types of clients I am, which which is there's hundreds of thousands of professionals out there that fall in that category, right? But very few have those two words. Practice those two words. I know for sure you practice Ikigai. I know for sure you practice Ichigo Ichi. Why is that? Because when we're on a Zoom, you're just focused on me. So right now I have literally like four screens, okay, in my room. This is the only one that's open. I don't have like 20 windows open. This one and then the notes on the right side. That's all that I have open. Same thing when when I'm with my daughter, which is when I get emotional sometimes. I will literally just be so focused on her that nothing else, I can't, I can't even sense anything outside of that. I'm just looking at her, looking at her every mo- movement. I'm just, you know, really connected with her. 
Um, in fact, I think I told you this the other day. I said, oh, wow, am I in true uh, Ichigo Ichie? And I'm, am I 100 percent present? And that other voice said, no, dummy, you just asked that question. So what did I, do? <laughs> I looked at her little fingers. I looked at, you know, the fact that her their eyelashes are so uneven, but so long. And um, but that's a pure criteria of what I look for. And every professional I partner up with falls in that category. Those two principles, they don't have to be Japanese. You're not Japanese, but it's it's that that's how they play their life. That's how they that's how they play their business. That's how they are when I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on a Zoom with them. I'm face to face with them. I'm on a phone call with them. I know they're 100 percent present. They're not worried about what they have to make for dinner. They're not worried about that last client that they talked to. It's all about being here. And that's what makes the multifamily office that I play in, people like you, people with the top professionals, make it so high level that I know for sure they're going to get the results and the clients are going to feel the same thing. That's so powerful to feel noticed and heard, listened to, focused on. Your daughter's three. She's adorable. I've seen pictures of her uh, that you've posted. And I'm sure it means a lot to her from her father. And I can also imagine it means a lot for the clients. And you're right. And thank you for saying what you're saying about me. I really appreciate that. And I do try to provide that focus with people that I work with and people I love. I think I could always do better, but I really do try. So thanks for saying that, <laughs> but uh, it's not easy. And so when people find it, it's really a special thing. And if you're watching on YouTube, you could see Mark with his amazing tattoos on his arm. <laughs> it's hard to describe on audio here, but we encourage you to, to watch the YouTube video to, to see more. So Mark, if people want to get in touch with you about your book or about your services and what you do at Baird, what's the best way to get in touch? Sure thing. So um, markfujiwara.com is one. Um, the other one, um, I, I, you know, I wrote the book, Superior Results, uh, Maximize the Value of High-Performing Multifamily Office. Um, that's coming out in September. Um, there is a website to that. Um, and the website is um, MFO, which stands for Multifamily Office Book. So mfobook.com, um, you know, either one of those. Well, that's exciting. The book's coming out in September. That's great. I'm working on a book as well. I've mentioned that on the show, but it's a little slow going. I wanted to have it out there by now, but I, I think it needs more work and I'm not going to put a product out until it's ready. But I admire that you've got one ready to go and this show might be airing right around then. So I do encourage people to check that out and to reach out to you. And Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show sharing what you do, sharing your experience and your insights. Thanks for having me, Lori. And to our listeners, thank you so much for your support. You can always catch Succession Stories on any of your favorite podcast players or, of course, on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. That really means a lot to us. If you want to maximize the value of your business and plan for future transition, reach out to me for a complimentary assessment at meetlauriebarkman.com. Join me next time for more insights from transition to transaction. Until then, here's to your success. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand what creates value and what detracts from it, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. 
hundreds of business owners have taken my complimentary business assessment. As a first step, schedule a call with me by visiting meetlauriebarkman.com. That's meetlauriebarkman.com.